You are listening to Defining Moments Podcast. Hi, everyone. My name is Wong Lam, your host of Defining Moments Podcast. Thank you so much for listening in and showing your love and support to our show. A defining moment is a moment you define or the moment defines you. The world needs to hear about your defining moment. We learn from it. We draw inspiration from it. We cry with you. We laugh with you. We celebrate you. This podcast is your platform to capture and share your story, a story that builds bonds within your family as well as your community. When you share stories, we all gain a better appreciation for the unique people around us that we would not normally converse with. When was the last time you had a meaningful conversation with your neighbor, said hi to a total stranger, or even hugged a friend? Be interested in others. Be a good listener. Have that deep, meaningful conversation. Join the conversation. This is episode number 19 with Zach Smith. He's a husband, a father, and co-owner of Vanessa House Beer Company. Zach lets you in on his personal life, as well as Vanessa House Beer Company. His positive energy wave is a wave you'd want to catch. I'd like to acknowledge my wife for her amazing work on editing the podcast. Zach, I appreciate your time and wish you and your co-owners all the very best with Vanessa House Beer Company. I look forward to hearing and seeing about the growth. Zach Smith once said, the opportunity to continue friendships and build a business that brings people together makes a lot of sense to me. How did Zach and his co-owners keep the brotherly connection alive after college? What was their initial belief in the brewery? What's the path forward for Vanessa House Beer Company? Today's special guest is Mr. Zach Smith, co-owner of Vanessa House Beer Company. Hey, welcome. everybody. And <laughs> welcome to the podcast, man. Awesome. Thanks for having me, man. Oh, I'm glad uh, that you're here today. So you are married. Let's get that out. That you're is married, true. You have Just a daughter. Clear that up for all the single ladies out there. <laughs> I am married. I have a daughter. How long have you been married? Oh, gosh. Don't ask me that. 2010 is when I got married. So okay. two, about eight years. It's, okay. it's in May. So I'm about two months away from um, our eight year anniversary. Wow. And big plans? Um, not for like the eighth. We'll probably go do something. Yeah. Um, something we'll probably just go like on like a weekend trip or something. Um, for the tenth, the wife is is dead set on we're going to Vegas and renew our vows. So wow, we're we're just saving up money to get to that point. Whenever we have to <laughs> blow all of it and go to Vegas, so no, nothing crazy. Yeah. So what about the fifteenth then? I I have no idea. Well, I'm sure she will start <laughs> letting me know what that is. After we get past yeah, the 10th, like yeah. the weekend we get back, she'll let me know what, what's going to be happening on the 15th. So, right on, man. How did yeah. you guys meet? Um, so uh, whenever I graduated high school, I went to the University of Oklahoma straight away. Um, but a lot of my buddies who graduated went to Rose State mm-hmm. um, right out of high school and did two years there and then transferred over to OU. Um, she also went to Rose State for two years, and they all transferred over to OU together. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of like this little... Hey, we're reunited. Yeah. Um, group <laughs> thing. Whenever they came back over and um, met her through them, like at like just one of our shindigs there. And then she ended up, so my degree is in petroleum engineering. Right. And hers is in geography. And those classes like overlapped as far as building go. Yeah. And so I would, I would just like hang out with her a bunch whenever we were in college because we were always in the same building. 
<laughs> we didn't actually start dating until after um, we had both graduated. Well, actually, she was close to graduation. We yeah. started dating. Yeah. And then uh, got married like a year later. I was going to ask you about how did you guys meet, but mm-hmm. obviously you already answered that question. Yeah. So did you guys go to parties or anything? Were you in a fraternity? No, mm-hmm. uh, not in a fraternity. I lived uh, on a house outside of campus. Okay. And so we would, I was probably not like the biggest like partier and, mm-hmm. and she wasn't either. And But we would go to some parties and we'd go hang out. And so we, we'd meet sometimes like out. And if we were going to go out somewhere, we'd yeah. actually, she lived close to like campus corner. Yeah. So we'd all go over to her house and like hang out there before we went out and, and hang out with our friends. So. We would hang out a little bit, like um, out and about, yeah. And then also just like spend a lot of time like in Sarkis at OU, yeah. Just like in the the library there, like studying and hanging out. So that makes sense to me, man. Yeah, yeah. Was the uh, so you probably had moments, but what was that one moment that you're like, man, she's she's the one. I don't know if I could like point to like one specific. Yeah. I mean, like, so in fairness, like I knew of her before, like I ever actually met her. Okay. And was like already interested quite yeah. frankly um she's got just kind of like a different sense of humor mm. uh, that aligns like really well with me i'm probably somebody who doesn't take life too probably less seriously than i should to be honest yeah with you. yeah um, and she's kind of kind of similar got a very similar view on life i'm like hey let's focus on having fun let's let's make sure that we're having as much fun as we can right we got a limited amount of time here and so just as we hung out and kept hanging out you just reinforce that like, Hey, we kind of share a lot of the same views here yeah, um, and outlooks on life. And so it just, it, it became pretty clear, uh, that we were a match. Um, and, the, and that's why I think that after we started dating, I literally think it was like a year and not even a half before mm-hmm. we, from when we started dating to when we got married. So yeah. it, as they say in the biz, it escalated quickly. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I don't know if there's one moment. It's just like all of the time we spent together. Yeah. It, was, it was pretty clear. Yeah. She told me, um, and she did not tell me this when she told it to her mother, but as soon as we started dating, I think like two or three weeks after, she told our mom, she's like, I'm going to marry him. And I'm like, she told me this after the fact. Wow. Because like, I, I think I would have been a little freaked out if she had told me that, like the day <laughs> she told her mom, yeah, I just told my mom we're going to get married. I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah, I think uh, from what I understand, girls know quicker yeah. than guys, Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> and you're a, a father, too. I am, yeah. I've got a little four-year-old girl, um, Ellie. Yeah. Um, she's a handful. She's just a complete turd. <laughs> she's already gotten, like, she's probably already gotten some of that, like, hey, life's fun. I'm supposed to be having fun yeah. from us because she's always just trying to have a ton of fun. And right. and she seems to be the uh, the class clown at school. So yeah, um, she's just a, she's a lot of fun to be around. She's a mess sometimes, um, but she's just really fun to hang out with. That's cool, man. Does uh, your wife stay at home with her? Or? Um, So my wife did. She mm-hmm. uh, just recently started working again. Okay. Um, and so Ellie's at um, daycare. Up at Chesapeake right now. So. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's actually where she's at right now as we speak. <laughs> Till five o'clock. Till five o'clock. Yeah, man. Yep. So, you've been you worked at Chesapeake for a while, mm-hmm. and then you left. Yep. And then you came back. I did. So a total of how many years at Chesapeake? So combined? I started as like an intern in 2007. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of worked through what well, my last year in college. I worked yeah. a little bit like part time. 
Um, then I ended up leaving in like April of 2012 mm-hmm. to go to Continental. I uh, Continental, I was only there about a year, yeah. and then came back Chesapeake in like June of 2013, mm-hmm. and then I've been with them since then. So yeah, yeah. What is that? That's like five. I'm coming up on five years, so it's like yeah. almost ten years. Yeah. Now. Yeah. total at, at Chesapeake. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I started at Chesapeake in 2006, and I yeah. do remember you being an intern in, in the reservoir engineering yeah. department. I remember when you left, and I'm alluding to, I'm really glad that you came back because I never had a chance to work with you directly one-on-one until maybe, I think it was two and a half years ago, Yeah. and you were basically like a, a supervisor, yeah. a mid-level supervisor to me, and you talked about being laid back and easygoing, enjoying life and having fun. And I can attest to that working with you because I worked with you on several uh, projects and all these presentations that we built together, I would put some funny, what I thought was funny hashtags in them thinking, well, you probably shoot it down, but you didn't No, And you ran with it. Yeah, no, I'm all about that stuff. I even yeah. like, it's funny because I saw one today. From the MidCon, actually, yeah. <laughs> where they were, uh, they had like a just a funny photo and like a, a report that they sent out, and I was like, yeah. "Yeah, I am all bored with this. Like, <laughs> I like this." Um, yeah, a lot of people think you can't have like fun, right? And like get results, and I just, yeah, I, I, I think you can. Yeah, um, and I think it just makes the day a lot better if like yeah. you're having fun at work. I just think people work even harder whenever mm-hmm. they're having fun, mm-hmm. uh, just because it's a good place to be around. Yeah. They, they want to be there. Yeah. Way engage and so yeah no i'm all i'm on board with the hashtag game um <laughs> i won't say that i'm a hashtag expert but right. like that's why i appreciate people who are yeah because uh, then they get they, they sneak those funny hashtags in there yeah I, I think it's fun and some of the projects like spotfire projects i built i'll embed a picture yeah of someone in there and when they open it they're like oh man yeah heck? <laughs> yeah no i'm all about that stuff i think that's that's hilarious and and um I just think it helps. I think it helps with like the vibe at the office, yeah. and which in turn helps with like productivity and things like that. Yeah. It, recently, a good friend of mine named Josh, he, every time we text back and forth, it's not really words anymore that he texts back. He texts back with a, a GIF. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I am on that. Yeah. <laughs> I am a GIF expert. Are you? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll go. I, I, if I could respi- respond with GIFs like yeah. every time, I would. Yeah. I totally would. Um, those are like the best way to respond to people. <laughs> when you go out and have fun, because you're obviously a fun person. Yeah. What do you and your wife do for date night? Um, usually she's pretty chill. She's mm-hmm. probably a little bit more chill than I am. Wants mm-hmm. to like just hang out, um, just the two of us. And so like, we'll definitely pick somewhere that's probably a little less like busy than it mm-hmm. would be if like I'm out with my buddies. Like that'll yeah. be a little bit different. Um, she loves to go like eat somewhere yeah. um, and just kind of hang out. Uh, favorite thing to do is actually go to the movies and she loves going to um, the Warren. Have you set up like in the, oh, yeah, the Warren? Man, yeah. Yeah. Oh man. She's like, she'll go see even like a movie. She's not interested just to mm-hmm. go up there and kind of hang out. Mm-hmm. I also think it's a little bit sentimental because um, uh, that's where we had like our first date. Too, oh, right on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she'll like, that's her favorite spot is to, like, go watch a movie, yeah. go hang out up there and then go eat some, some good food. So, yeah. Have yeah. you guys done the director's suite? Yes, we have. Yeah. yeah. That's even more intimidating. That's even more intimidating. <laughs> um, 
but yeah equally as fun yeah it gives you a little bit of like well that's probably she'd probably even prefer that because it's a little bit more intimate a little mm-hmm. bit smaller yeah so yeah it's good yeah. it always sells out so dang quick though yeah, it so does. i feel like it's like a it's like a big movie it definitely sells out yeah any uh movies you've seen recently that i should go watch oh man i haven't gone and seen a movie since christmas so i'm yeah. three months behind now we went and watched um I, me and my buddies uh always go and watch like a movie like on christmas late mm-hmm. um after we've done all our family stuff and we went and watched thor ragnarok mm-hmm. um because we're also super big comic book nerds yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and that one was actually that was my favorite thor movie they've yeah. done it's it's super funny um and, and lighthearted. and yeah. so it was it was i was a huge fan of that yeah are there any scary movies coming up? My wife loves scary movies, so Man, I'll have to you go got see. Me, dude. That would be <laughs> if I saw anything in, recently, it would be like a scary movie that she wanted to go see. Man, I'm not into scary movies. They creep me out. I wasn't either, but like that's like ninety five percent of what Kim watches is wow. like scary movies. Yeah. Like if you we've got like a little book of like DVDs mm. and I guarantee you it's fifty percent like scary movies and then like forty five percent like little Einsteins and stuff like that for the uh, kids. Okay, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm into um, what they quote unquote call chick flicks. Yes. All right. Know, all uh, right. Like Valentine's Day. Um, I'm like bubblegum movies, kind of like Pitch Perfect. Yeah. 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 <laughs> See, like we we were like polar opposites on this because like I can't even remember the last time I watched like a chick flick. Yeah. Um, I remember I actually used to work in a movie theater for like five years, <laughs> like in college. And I would watch all of them back then just because, like, you could watch every movie for free. The so. Hollywood Theater in Norman? No. Um, so I lived in um, McLeod okay. and went to OU until, like, my senior year. And so, like, I was working – or I was living in McLeod, working in a movie theater in Shawnee, and going to school in Norman. Wow, man. Which was just silly now that I think about it. Like, I should have, like, figured – I'm sure I could have figured, like, a better way to do that. But yeah. I did – I really did enjoy that, like, movie theater job. Yeah. And so it was hard for me to, like, want to leave that. Yeah. What uh, what did you enjoy about the movie theater job? Um, I enjoyed like um just like getting to like entertain people. Uh-huh. Um, getting to put on like a show and popcorn because it just felt like an event for everybody that came yeah. out. And so yeah. like I just enjoyed like people coming to the movie theater yeah. and having a good time and like being a part of that. Yeah, part of their joy. And so I just it was a lot of fun. I also really enjoyed like for that business. Um uh the owner and then my manager there yeah. were like just really good people and yeah. that makes it like so much better yeah um and there's probably a lot of like lessons that like if i really sat down and thought about it about mm-hmm. how, like how i work um that i probably learned from them so yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense man yeah. it sounds like you enjoy the reactions of uh people's emotions yeah yeah i mean yeah. And there's such like a wide right breadth of emotions yeah. that people can experience at like a movie theater because not all movies are going to necessarily be like those light and, and fluffy chick flicks and right some of them are going to be um movies that make you sad some yeah. movies that scare you and so it's like yeah. this wide breadth of emotions that people would go out and and rely on the movie theater to experience yeah. so yeah it's just great just a great setting yeah so do you uh take your daughter out to movies every once in a while we've taken we probably started taking her to movies about a year ago yeah um because she is a little bit of a wild child so like she wants to stand up and like look around and so we waited for a while because we're like this could be interesting yeah um but she's pretty good about an hour in now she'll like start getting like where she can't sit still and she'll want to like stand up and like Uh get in between seats and stuff like that but yeah we'll take her 
Um, we've taken her to probably like three or four movies now. Right. So right. she loves it. She just eats it up while she's there. Yeah. Um, she just can't sit there forever. Yeah. Yeah. That's all right. She's That's a all kid, right. man. <laughs> I know. That's the other thing I realized is I got there and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, we're not the only ones here. Like, yeah. Every kid in this movie theater is doing this. So, like, we were worried about nothing. So, yeah. Yeah. And what's interesting is there's some couples that go there and don't have kids or et cetera, and they get annoyed by that. I'm like, man, these kids are yeah. they're kids. They're having fun. Life's yeah. too short, like you talked about yeah. earlier, and there's no need to be don't mad over it. Don't sweat that stuff, man. Yeah. Don't sweat that stuff. Yeah, and... You know, I started this podcast back in September. Okay. And you're one of the guests I really wanted to talk to you to get to come on the show. I really enjoy your leadership as a mid-level supervisor. Yeah. And, of course, you know, I, got, I switched groups. However, I stayed in contact with you, and every time I saw you at a restaurant or on campus, it was always the same, hey, man, how's it going? You know, it wasn't anything negative. It's like we – uh are still in the same group. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that about you, man. Yeah. No, honestly, like I do feel like that's important mm -hmm. for everybody at like a company is like, try to be like that person that like uplifts everybody. Like, mm -hmm. don't be that, don't be that person that's spreading like negative energy yeah. across the company. Cause like, that's the last thing a company needs is somebody being like a Debbie Downer. Now, right. do I occasionally slip into that? You betcha. There's, right. there's going to be days where I'm not performing at the level I would like myself to be. But I do take pride in trying to be like the guy who's always up and, and feeling pretty good about the company. Mm. Um, just because, you know, if somebody sees me having like a bad day, um, A, they're going to feed off that energy. They're going to, yeah. it's going to impact them. And then two, they're going to be like, oh, Zach, Zach's all down on the company. What does that mean? Like, yeah. What does that mean? What is that foreshadowing? Right. So, yeah. No, I, and I agree with you, man. And same here. There's times where, you know, I'm a pretty positive guy, just like yourself. There's times I am, I have a moment or moments that I'm not feeling so great. Yep. And a mental moment, right? Yep. And then I get a text from Margie or I'll call her up and things are just fine. Yeah. You know, so it's not sweating the small stuff. Yeah. And every, I mean, it's just natural, right? You're, yep. You're going to dip into that every now and then. It's impossible to maintain. I if, yeah. It, and if you did, like if you, I, I also feel like if you presented it, like as if you're always positive and never having like a down moment, like people are going to like start to question, like that's inauthentic to them, right? Yeah. And then it's like, yeah. okay, well, he's not really all that excited. <laughs> like he just puts on a face for us uh, every time we're around him. Yeah. So yeah yeah i agree man how do you enjoy your new job it's new good world, yeah? man it's good um moved over to a business development group which basically means i get to look at like all sorts of things across the company and so yeah. like i love um kind of having free reign to kind of it's, it's really interesting to just see um all the assets across the company yeah and then also i work with a lot of finance people mm -hmm. um and so like they've got very interesting perspectives that you know i'm an engineering background right um i think about the rock i think about like how much <laughs> it's going to produce like all this really deep science stuff and yeah. like, they just that's not their focus and so right. they've got these very distinct different perspectives that like you just don't think about when you're in like a business unit mm -hmm. and so like learning like how they think what they're looking at is very insightful to help like understand how finance people look at oil and gas and then also yeah. like how the greater like market like how the uh the people that are valuing our stock look at yeah. like, the company 
yeah. on a daily basis. And so it's just this is this ability to a look across the portfolio at the company um, and access that you wouldn't get in a business unit, and then b get these very insightful perspectives from people that you wouldn't have access to. Yeah. So it's it's a super good role. I'm very happy I'm in it. Yeah. Um, don't have any intention of moving anytime soon because mm-hmm. there's just still so much for me to learn from from this group. That's great, man. Yeah. I, I like that answer a lot because it, in, in an industry or any job, it's about learning or in life, it's about the learning process, right? And once you feel like you've learned enough or you, you, no one gives you new knowledge or energy, then it's like time to move on. Yeah. That or you're making a choice when there is a lot to learn and you're just being stubborn and you yeah. don't want to do it. Yeah. You're making the active decision to not learn. Yeah. 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 No. And, and I'm very, I've got to be stimulated. I've got to be mm-hmm. challenged. i got to be learning new things. Yeah. Um, and so this obviously does that in spades. Mm. Um, gives me tons of ability to, to look at these new things and kind of keep yeah. learning. I agree, man. So I got a quick question for you. Yeah. Before we get into your defining moment, how do you contribute to society? Yeah. So um, I guess the way I try to contribute to society is um, I'm, I give a lot of myself to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I well, because I do view the world as like, hey, we're here to like have fun and be happy, mm-hmm. and we got very limited amount of time to kind of do those things. Um, I, I give a lot of myself to others, especially like my friends and family yeah. to make sure that they're like feeling very happy mm-hmm. um, and be there for them. And then on the flip side of that, that requires a little bit of me to like take care of myself. Right. Yeah. Um, because you can only do that so much. Right. Um, so I, I, I think I do it just by being there for those people that are really close to me and giving them as much possible as I can and yeah. then monitoring myself. Yeah. Um, I just, I do, man. I just, I think you should be having fun. And if, if my presence in any way helps that, like yeah. with something you're doing, like I want to be there for you right. and I want to help you. Um, because I think that that pays dividends like in the long term. Yeah. Not just for me, but for you and just for society as a whole mm-hmm. as we're living a little bit better. We're all feeling a little bit better. Um, it's just a happier place. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that answer and and I totally agree with you because it's about you giving back. However, if you can't take care of yourself, then you can't take care of others. Right, right. Your wife and your daughter definitely depend on you, yep. and so Zach's got to take care of himself physically, yep. mentally, in order to give back to his family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and it's that's hard. That's mm-hmm. like a hard thing to balance, right? Yeah, um, because you want to give as much of yourself as you can, right? And it's very hard to say like, no, I need. I need to not come out with you tonight and and hang out at your house. I need to stay at home and recharge my batteries because I am an introvert 100%. Yeah. And so being around people like drains my batteries and it's hard for me to be like, Oh, Hey, you want to go watch a movie tonight? Oh, I can't do that. Like that's, that's a hard thing for me to say, but probably something that after, you know, years of experience realized Mm. you're in charge of, you're in charge of yourself. You got to take care of yourself. Right. And so if you don't, you're going to burn out and it's going to have even worse consequences down the road. Yeah. No, that that's so true. And you are in charge of yourself and your actions, your decisions that you make throughout your life. And I honestly feel if you have a close knit of friends, they're going to understand yeah. Zach being, you know, you're an introvert, which leads to my next question, actually. So, you know, you're an introvert. Do you, do anything to work on your introvertedness? 
to like get better at being yeah. an introvert. Um, I'm asking because I'm an introvert too, so I like to take notes. Oh man, <laughs> honestly, like it's interesting that you phrase it that way because I more think of myself as, and I don't know if this is because society almost you almost think society skewed towards like rewarding extroverts, or I just like want to even it out. I almost uh-huh. work on the opposite. Like I try to make myself like behave as if I'm an extrovert sometimes. And so like I, I work on that more than I do anything. I try to like make, I try to put myself, like I actively try to put myself in situations where I've got to be around large groups and, yeah. and talk to people or do like some public speaking, uh, things like that. And so yeah. like I put more effort into trying to behave <laughs> as an extrovert than I do just like taking care of my introvert side. I tried like some journaling and things like that. Yeah. I can't ever, um, I can't ever get the routine started, right? You mm. got to do that thing for like three weeks and then it becomes a habit. I have not had success. Yeah. Like I just get so dang busy that like I do it for like a week and then it's off. And yeah. then I'd come back like two weeks later, do it for a week, it's off. And I just yeah. can't get those three consecutive weeks together. Yeah. But so you take a lot of notes? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I take a lot of notes uh, in, in meetings. I take a lot of mental notes, I yeah. feel like, especially yeah. in... 35, 45 minute meetings. Uh, however, I do feel like meetings should not be over 45 yeah, minutes I or agree. even an hour. Cause I, for me, I lose attention. Span, yeah. You know? yeah. And that's like an introvert's like yeah. nightmare. Yeah. It's just like, and I'm, I will, I'm like one of the worst about like, if the meeting is supposed to be like 50 minutes and we're at like minute, like 51, I'm like, okay, hold up, <laughs> hold up. What is happening here? This is against the rules. Oh man. And so like all uh, to my own detriment, that's probably the one thing I do to take care of my introvert side is I'll be like, okay, well we're past the time and I'll do anything (laughs) I can to like wrap this meeting up. I'm like, I allotted myself 50 minutes for this. We need to be done. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm with you. And I love that answer about the introvertness because I would never have figured that you're an introvert because you're always happy, bubbly when I talk to you. And I've seen you talk to people in meetings, in big groups, and you don't ever give up that yeah. introvertness. Yeah, no, it it I didn't realize that was a thing, like that it was kind of confusing for people mm-hmm. until we did like some personality testing and our mm-hmm. group when we were in the MidCon. Yeah. And the results came back like I had expected, skewed way introverted. Yeah. And the people that reported me were like, Really? I <laughs> didn't see that. And I was like, that's the first time it ever hit me that like Hey, you know, maybe what I'm doing is working where I'm trying to like put myself in some of those situations where I'm, where I'm, I'm appearing more extroverted than I am yeah. that, uh, that it's actually paying off. But yeah, I guess a lot of people are, are shocked whenever I tell them that I'm, I'm an introvert. Cause I guess I present decently as an extrovert. Yeah. The one, the one place I feel like it's like the most noticeable is if you get in like a meeting where it's like 10 people or more. Yeah. Because if it gets to a meeting like 10 people or more, I'm like, okay, there's there's enough voices in this room. They don't need my voice mm-hmm. necessarily coming in, which is completely incorrect. They do yeah. need my voice. Uh, but it's just hard for me to like sometimes speak up whenever you've got that many people out there. Yeah, because like you say, you've got 10 people. We have 10 different voices, 10 different opinions. And so I've been in a, situa- in a few situations where uh, superior would say, "Hey, you need to really speak up." However, yeah. if it, if I can't bring anything that's relevant yeah. to the meeting in the next ten minutes, I really don't. Yeah, and it's hard because, like, you're probably like me. You want to be like a consensus builder and like get people move. I'd almost rather people just get moving mm-hmm. in a decently good direction than yes. just fighting 
over, you know, the greatest direction, right? Yes. Let's get moving. And so it's hard sometimes to like really want to interject uh, whenever you know that like it's just going to add time and we're not going to get progress made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a a professional presenter. However, I, I feel like if you have clarity and you have intention and you can work on those two things and when you go into a meeting, you got those two things and you're set. Yeah. Should be no more than 20, 25 minutes. Yeah, it shouldn't take too long, um, especially like once you kind of get that um, that expectation set mm-hmm. and like the culture becomes like we know what the, the intent is. Yeah. Let's, let's move on. Um, I definitely think I definitely agree with you. I think you got to do some like homework and getting that set up. Yeah. But once you're good, yeah, you should be. It should it sure make everything run just way smoother. Yeah. 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 That's funny because I actually I was thinking about that last week when I was in a meeting. It's supposed to be for an hour long, and the hour was up. I'm like, dude, we still haven't got close to what this meeting is supposed to be about, anyways. Yeah, man, <laughs> I, I, meetings are flawed in a lot of ways, <laughs> yeah. like corporate culture and meetings. Like they just, I, I go to way more bad meetings than I mm. do great meetings. Um, the great meetings are like few and far between. Yeah. And, and so I think you got to put a lot of thought in like, how do you, yeah. how do you fix that? Yeah. You, uh, brought the term corporate culture. Someone asked you. Oh gosh. Yeah. The Chesapeake. Hot take. <laughs> the Chesapeake one cha culture yeah what do you think oh i like it um i i look at um i guess i immediately whenever okay well let me first back up and say this whenever they first rolled it out and before i'd gone to any unfreezing session Mm -hmm. i i'm pretty on board with a lot of stuff yeah just generally like that's kind of how i approach things Uh, i'm gonna try it before i i make any comments yep but when i first saw it i was like man i just don't know how you like how do you train somebody about culture right yeah and so like that was kind of my thoughts going in i was probably a little skeptical but yeah. a, little, a little bit more skeptical than i could be or i should have been yeah um and then once i got into like the unfreezing session i started to look at a lot of these things and and think hey this has like a lot of application like like put chesapeake aside this has like a lot of application in like my daily life and like mm. how I can um, implement this and, and use this and just live like a better, more impactful life. Yeah. And so really started honing in on like those things. Like it just made a lot of sense to me on like a lot of things that I was probably doing incorrectly. And I guess yeah. that's probably not the right way to say it, doing incorrectly, but a lot of ways I could have lived my life better um, and just, really applied it to like that having more fun um so like if you just started running through the concepts be here now right Mm -hmm. just be present with people i was awful at that yeah um i had my phone out about the minute i got home um and so uh, the biggest detractor or the biggest person that was suffering from that was definitely my wife and my kiddo because i'd get home and instead of spending quality time with my wife my kiddo i'm over here on my phone checking boring Facebook about <laughs> updates that are just so completely either irrelevant yeah. or like soul sucking. And so <laughs> it's just, it just made a lot of sense. Like day one, I was like, okay, there's a lot I can take from this and apply. Yeah. And then, um, so as far as Chesapeake goes, I've, I've seen, um, a lot of people adopt, adopt it in ways yeah. that have been very beneficial. Mm-hmm. St- there's still areas that probably aren't, 
like adopting it as much as they could be. Yeah. And so, you know, I'll be looking forward to seeing like how that progresses. Yeah. Um, as we go forward. Um, but yeah, for me personally, like just a lot of ideas about like how I can live a little bit better, cleaner life, um, and take a little bit more accountability mm. for like me driving my thoughts, my behaviors and things like that. Yeah. So, so it's been it's been really helpful for me just even on a personal level. Honestly, yeah. it's probably had as much if not more impact on my personal life right. than it has like my work life. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I feel if it impacts your personal life, it's going to end up impacting yeah. your professional life yeah. as well. Yeah, for sure. Um a lot of stuff starts at home, right? Mm-hmm. Um and so if you could take it and start living it at home, um it's only going to carry through whenever you come to the office. Um, right. A lot of us carry either work home with us mm-hmm. or home to work. To work and we yeah. just carry it with us. And so like, if you can get it quote unquote inoculated somewhere like at your house, um, you're gonna, you're gonna live those values as yeah. you come, come to the office. Yeah, no, that's, that's really great. And you talk about the progress and, and I, and I agree. It's such a new thing that Chesapeake's rolled out. So, like anything that's going to become great, it's got to take time. Yeah, I 100% and, agree with you. Yeah. Like the idea that this, like not just this, but like anything that we do is going to happen, especially at a company of that size yeah. in like a short period of time is just insane. It's mm. going to take years, right? It's going to yeah. take years for it to build. Yep. Um, at some point you'll get to that breaking point. Who knows when that's going to be? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh, the Philadelphia 76ers, their slogan is trust the process. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of like what we've got to go. We've got to trust the process. So what I mean by trust is we've got to trust that this is going to work. And then once we're on board with it, then we can have these standards that we're trying to hit and we're trying to measure. Right. right? So right. Makes, it makes sense to me. It and does. It's helped me a lot. My wife and I actually have a night or two a week that we dedicate and we call tech free nights. Yeah. So there's no cell phones. That's nothing. awesome. Unless family members call us an emergency. Right. Yeah. We're there's not always answer exceptions. Exceptions. Yeah. Right. But yeah, no, that's awesome. Like, uh, I definitely think they, it's helped me. I don't have, we mm-hmm. don't have those nights off, but yeah, just yeah. in general, I've heard so many people from Chesapeake. They're like, yeah, I, I come home and for like the first two hours, I put my phone in the bedroom and I yeah. just leave it there. And I'm just like, yep. Yeah. That makes total sense to me. Yeah. Um, as much as I can stay off of it, I still occasionally will catch myself like pulling it up and getting on it right. and then catch myself and, and put it down and put it in my pocket or something. Especially like if my daughter starts asking a question or something, I'm like, oh, you're going in my pocket. Right. I'm giving my daughter my focus now. Yeah. So, yeah. Because I think scientifically our brain's not meant to really multitask. Right. No. Right? Yeah. Every Every study says like, multitasking is like fictional right right you're gonna do neither task well if it's just two it could be three or four right right yeah yeah Yeah. very good man so thank you again for coming onto this podcast and i know you had many defining moments that have gone through uh your life and so would you mind sharing with our listeners maybe one or two that you'd like to talk about yeah um i definitely am and I'd be curious what your philosophy here is. And definitely somebody who views as like there's defined, there's several defining moments and, and you make a lot of defining moment choices in your life. Some of them are small and you might not think of them as defining moments, but if you look back years later, you'd be like, yeah, that was a small but important decision that I made. But right. I think the biggest one that jumps out for me, was 
like, I think it was four or five years ago. We were, me and my buddies. So let's talk about how we got the whole brewery thing going, right? Yeah. Um, so whenever we all graduated college, we had kind of been living in this house um, on Vanessa Drive in college. And we were so used to like spending like almost all our waking hours with each other, right? Right. And so we graduated, we got these jobs, we moved to the city. Um, and we're really looking for a way to like keep that brotherly connection together, right? Yeah. Um, how do we keep this thing alive? How do we not let, because a lot of people have like, they have like high school friends and then they lose that mm-hmm. and they have college friends and they lose that. Well, a lot of these guys, um, except for Nick, I've known since high school or actually t- to be honest, since, um, kindergarten. Wow. And so like we didn't lose touch of each other through high school to college. Like how do we continue to not lose touch? Right. Yeah. And so we were like, well, so, some of this is silly. We're like, hey, let's start brewing beer for yeah. a couple of reasons, right? One, <laughs> um, it, we can brew on a Saturday. It takes like six to eight hours, right? We can hang out in my garage on a Saturday and watch college football. <laughs> B, we're restocking our own supply by like brewing beer. Perfect. Um, so it just, it checked a lot of boxes, right? Yeah. And so we had been home brewing for a while. And, um, you know, our... We were selling, we weren't selling a lot of beer, but we were giving a lot away and people were liking it. And it got to a point where I was actually, I was working at Chesapeake. I was going for my MBA at OU. Uh, I was real early on in that. And then B, we were getting a lot of love for like the beer. Mm. And so I had a realization like, I'm not going to be able to do all of this. I'm, I'm doing all of it right now and it's not going well. I'm not. I'm not giving all of myself to any of it. And so it just wasn't working. Um, and so the choice was I could stop the brewing of the beer and continue to go get my MBA mm. um, and continue to work at Chesapeake and, and do all that stuff. Or I could look, I could look at my buddies and be like, Hey, this is going well. I'm enjoying uh, it's, you know, it's, we're, we're 30 years into this friendship. Like I'm enjoying yeah. it. We could make a run at this thing. We could start a business and, um, and, and start working together, right. um, and, and turn it into like a profit, profitable enterprise. And also like help everybody out. Like we could start making pretty decent money at this thing, mm-hmm. uh, and, and start throwing some cash off to ourselves. And so my wife remembers it very well, probably better than I do. I was sitting in a chair at my house, like in one of the weeks where I'm agonizing over like, what, what's the play here? What move do I make? And she says, I just looked over at her and I was like, I'm starting a brewery. Nice. Like, we're starting a brewery. And, and what did it for me was the opportunity to continue those friendships and really build like a business out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also do like another business that like brings kind of people together to have a lot of fun. Cause a lot of people over craft beer, um, we'll just kind of hang out like mm-hmm. and come to the brewery and just hang out and make new friendships. And you see that like all the time, yeah. um, people welcoming people into like their communities and things like that. Um, while, while they're drinking some craft beer. And so it just made a lot of sense for me. I probably at the time didn't know like how hard it was going to be. I thought it was going to be hard, yeah. but not as hard as it was. And so like one of the other defining moments is every time that it's ever crept in my mind to like quit when we first, decided we're going to do it like nobody believed us and when i say nobody i mean like all of us in the room believed it Mm. um and were committed to it 
and some of our family. Yeah. Like not all of our family thought we were really going to go yeah. actually get this thing done. And so like, it was really interesting to see, like, I guess my thoughts would be everybody's very, and we're kind of conditioned to not take a whole lot of risk yeah, and to kind of live like, um, where we're just like straight and narrow through the path and, yeah. and like, let's not, let's not do anything risky or wild. Yeah. And so it was shocking a little bit to me to see some of the people that were like really good friends or family of mine to be like, Oh, Zach. Oh, honey, <laughs> you're not really starting a brewery. Um, and so like that probably fueled me as much as anything too, is be right. like, well, watch me, watch me go start a brewery. Yeah. And so here we are, we've, uh, we've started, um, contracting where we basically go brew on somebody else's equipment and mm. and we're under construction on our own facility wow so, man yeah um but it, it's been a heck of a ride i would you and i were talking about this a little bit earlier i think i've gotten a little bit of my um mba program just yeah. from like going through this like absolutely you understand the business intimately because you're in it every day mm-hmm. um there's definitely things i wish like i could have i mean i wish I had all the time in the world and I could have gone and gotten the MBA and then also got, got the brewery, but I just mm. finite resources, man. I don't have all the time in the world. So yeah, I had man. To make that decision. Yeah. So did you play in team sports growing up? I did. I played basketball growing up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about your friends that you start the brewery? Yeah. With? Um, let's see. I think all of us played basketball like to some level. Yeah. And then Nick played some football yeah. in high school. Yeah. The reason why I ask, is yeah. because you were talking about the brewery and you're talking about no one else believed it, the, the yeah. guys. Yeah. Right. And so that's, that's kind of a team spirit. Yeah. Right. And that's what it is. That was probably the biggest I had ever felt like pressure from the outside. Like yeah. even cause even when we like were like in high school when you're in team sports, you know, you, you've got like the true believers, right? The people mm-hmm. that think, oh, mm-hmm. you can do anything you want, Zach. You're going to win the state championship. No, right. we're probably not, but yeah. we're going to have fun doing it. Yeah. Um, but that was the biggest pressure I felt from the outside and really saw like like how that brought people like even closer, right? Mm-hmm. So it like tightened those bonds even more because you've got the outside voices telling you like, no, it's not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. Oh, that's a bad idea. You shouldn't do that. Yeah. Things like that really pulled everybody together. Yeah. Um, and got us really, really fo- laser focused on where we were going. Yeah. And, and, and really pushed us to think about where, what are we going to do to get there? Right. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I, you talk about your defining moment, you sit in the couch and you're looking at your wife. Hey, I'm, yeah, I'm doing this. We're starting a brewery. Yeah. So throughout the process, it's been a few years. Were there times when you felt like you this isn't it's not gonna work? Oh gosh, yes. Um for sure. I think probably like one of the biggest things this whole endeavor has really honed my skill set in is resilience. Mm-hmm. Um because there is just no shortage of times when it didn't go right. Yeah. It just didn't go right. And you're like, okay, well, you know, you want to like your internal reaction is like, well, I'm picking up my ball and I'm going home. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm done. Um, and then you got to fight through that and then keep going. Right. Uh, let's see. Let's think about like some of the ones. Um, how many banks told us no, right? Before yeah. one finally said yes, uh-huh. we'd go pitch like our ideas to banks and, and it'd get it, you know, you'd get like the people that you interact with on the ground floor. They're like, I love the idea. I'm going to take it to committee. And, a committee who you've never met, who knows nothing about you other than like this 
you know, these sheets of paper says, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, we got tons of those. You brew beer. Um, and then you see comments online of people that are like, this is the worst beer I've ever had or something like that. Yeah. The internet, obviously people can say whatever they want. And so you gotta, you gotta steer through that. You gotta, you gotta remind yourself you're not out to please everybody. Right. But when you think you've got deals done to get like contracting relationships done in Oklahoma and then those fall apart, like everything just falls apart and like a startup, I feel like it just never plan for like everything to go wrong and then just fight for it yeah um but yeah there's been like no shortage of like times where i've thought like okay we're done like put a cork in us and then usually i sleep (laughs) for about eight hours and i wake up the next morning i'm like all right let's get going right let's get out there love it man yeah so you got five co or five of you guys yeah you're all co-owners of this were there times when you had there had to been times where you had to pick one of your teammates up. Yeah. Because they're like, nah, they're going to take their ball and they're going home. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's all, I think we do a really good job of that with mm-hmm. each other. Um, we do, we will throw ourselves pity parties every now and then. Yeah. It's very rare. Yeah. Um, but so, um, it just depends on who it is, like what right. they're sensitive to. Yeah. So like my brother is my brother, Evans, the head brewer, and he's very sensitive to like, if he sees like a, a bad review or something like that. Like he won't like, like get all pissed off, but I'm like, man, that sucks. Like, <laughs> I'll just be like, ah, I really want it because he just wants people to like the beer, right? Like yeah. he just wants every beer that people enjoy yeah. and like hanging out over. And you know, he'll see like reviews that are like less than stellar sometimes. And I'll be like, Hey man, look, we ain't here to please everybody. Right. And some people aren't going to be pleased. That person might be in a bad mood too right now. Mm-hmm. And they may actually really like the beer if they had it like in any different setting than, than right now. Absolutely. And so um, you really just got to like, you got to tell everybody that like, is, this is hilarious that, that this is a thing, but there's like, I saw like a gif on, like, I was reading something <laughs> about like mental health at some point, And it was like all these gifts to help you like when yeah. you're down and there's like this one with like the rock or something like <laughs> buffed out, like his, his new frame, right? Not when he was back in, in the WWE, yeah. but he's like, he's just smiling. And he's like, Hey, it's going to be fine. You're going to be fine. And I think of that, like anytime, like I get, get down on myself, I'm like, Hey, the rock thinks I'm going to be fine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's telling me I'm going to be fine. And so I think it's just like being that guy yeah. for the guy that's down. Yeah. I'm um, just coming up to him and being like, Hey man, there's other options and it helps too that like we've gone through so much Mm. that like it doesn't ring hollow right like we've already fought through adversity like so much of it that like when you go to somebody and you're like hey it's gonna be fine like we've had we've gone through this stuff before Mm. maybe not this exact thing but how many other things like this have we gone down and had to fight through and it always does turn out all right man yeah we tend to like I, i i feel like people tend to overestimate the damage of any like bad news and i and and so um especially like we take minor bad news and and build it up to be way worse than it is and so um it's just i think you gain a lot of perspective as you as you go through that and start fighting through some of those things yeah yeah is there any beers that you have brewed in the patch like dude what are we doing this is nasty oh yeah no (laughs) um luckily no like huge like beers that we released to the public because like we wouldn't do that of course um but oh man we've done some real turd fergusons yeah Uh, we did one time we brewed like 
we were trying to do like a lemon lime hefeweizen and this is like way early whenever um we were still like just brewing at home yeah um, but i think we knew we were trying to go gonna go pro and we took like um lemons and limes and put them in the beer mm. and it turned into just this like really acidic like burns your like throat yeah. when you drink it wow. from all of like the uh the lemons and limes and it was just bad and then um we luckily dumped that one now we did another one probably three years ago where it was like a it was like a blueberry beer but we mm. put like vanilla in it too and like some uh we barrel aged it and so, like, it sounded super complex and, like, yeah. fun. And, like, I tasted it. I was like, oh, yeah, it's pretty good. We sent that thing out for, like, people at, like, work to review it. Yeah. And it was, like, roundly came back. <laughs> and, like, somebody put somebody put on, like, a review sheet that we had. They put, the only word they put was undrinkable. <laughs> this is, like, your friends, right? So, like, they got to really be pushed if they're oh, going to be putting undrinkable on, on a on a beer review sheet. So yeah, no, we've had our fair share of beers that were just like, Oh no. Oh boys. Back to the drawing board. Like yeah. don't release this to the public. So yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you this question. It has to do with science. Okay. And you're probably familiar with th these three words is uh pressure, pressure, volume, and temperature. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I'm not talking about reservoirs, rock. Yeah. I'm talking about beer. Yeah. I mean, you're an engineer, so that has a huge advantage. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, um, so, it does. It applies directly to beer um, because beer is um, a carbonated beverage, right? Mm -hmm. So, which basically means like it's like a Coke, right? You're you're putting CO2 into the liquid. Yeah. Um, and so how you're going to make that soluble in the liquid is going to be by varying um, the, the pressure and the temperature, right? Yeah. So we basically have to um, bring the beer down to like about near freezing uh -huh. and then we'll pump in CO2 into the beer um, and pressurize um, to like whatever pressure we need to get the car the uh, CO2 in there. Yeah. And so yeah, we we use that exact same. Yeah, it's the one probably equation we I use in both my day job yeah. and my night job. Yeah. Um, where we're actually carbonating the beer by by varying the pressure, mm. volume, and temperature of the yeah. liquid. So yeah. Wow, man. So my next question is on this beer. You know, the whole health sphere is talking about gluten free. Yes. Right. Yeah. And I didn't know what gluten was until I met, she's my wife now, but prior to about five years ago, I was like, dude, what, you know yeah. what gluten is. Right. So gluten-free beer, do you guys make it? So, yes. So quick note on gluten-free. My wife actually got diagnosed with like celiac about six months ago. Wow. So yeah, we can't have, she can't have any gluten. So she went from being like our number one, like taste tester to like not tasting any of it. Um, as for us and gluten-free beer, um, to do it right, to be like certified gluten free, you need a mm. separate facility. Yeah. Like, so you can't do it in the same facility that you do like your regular beers. So right now, um, we are just even getting started on the regular facility. Wow. Um, at some point in the future, I could see us definitely going down like the gluten free mm. path. Mm. Um, but not right now, unfortunately, just because yeah. we got to get this facility up and running first yeah, and, then, of course. and then do a different one. You basically use like a different uh, malt um, you're obviously not using roasted or uh, malted barley uh -huh. um, you're gonna have to use like sorghum or something like that uh -huh. uh, that doesn't contain the gluten um, but that said um I, there's i can't remember the name now but somebody in tulsa is opening up a gluten-free brewery wow. so that'll be awesome 
Um, also a really great option. Um, there's nobody here in Oklahoma city that does it yet, but there's a guy I think working on it, um, is cider. Uh-huh. So like yeah. ciders are gluten free. Yeah. And so those are usually, um, good substitutes for the beer. I'd love, we're going to see how the law shake out, but I'd love to have like at our tap room, like a cider, yeah. um, from somebody locally, or if we have to go outside, outside, yeah. um, to have at the, at the tap room to be like an option for those people that need that require gluten free. Yeah. Yeah. When you're when you're doing beer and flavors. Yeah. How often do you rotate your your flavors? Um so we've got so we've got did you say fruit? Did you bring up fruit? No, but we'll throw fruit in there. Okay. <laughs> uh, I was thinking fruit cuz I we've got like a Berliner which is like a sour beer that we're working on that mm-hmm. we might start like rotating the flavors. Um but like craft beer is all about like trying new stuff, right? Yep. And so we rotate like we bring new flavors on quite regularly mm-hmm. right now. Um, and we're going to even expand that whenever we get our own facility. Um, cause we're a little bit cap- capacity constrained where we're mm-hmm. at now. And once we have our own space, we can start to do that. We'll probably, we probably envision ourselves having three to four like core beers that are out in the market at any given time. And then especially at the tap room, you're just going to see like new beer after new beer come on That's as awesome. we try. Cause I mean, it's about trying new things. It's about experimenting yep. um, and we're going to be trying those new things and, and seeing what we can do and, uh, and, and just give, provide something new for like the customer to come in and try yeah. like on, on a regular basis. Yeah. So I think we're planning for like 12 or 16 taps. So if you count like four core beers, that gives you, you know, eight to 12, yeah. uh, rotational taps to play with. Wow, man. So, yeah, you'll have lots of different options. Wow. We're also just people that like to try a bunch of new stuff anyways. So, like, um, continually stretching ourselves. So, like, the idea that you could do that with different kinds of beers is super appealing. No, it is. It's very appealing. That's how successful businesses happen is through creativity and not getting too stagnant. Yep. I mean, you got to have a few beers that are out there. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, that's really what spurred the entire craft beer movement was, like, people were... Um, I don't want to say like tired of like the standard, like Miller, like Coors Light, Bud Light, but they wanted mm-hmm. to try some new stuff, right? Mm-hmm. They had had that for years and they wanted to try something new. And that's really kind of what kicked off craft beer is like, it's a different alternative to, yeah. to like the, the traditional American lager or light yeah. lager. Where to, can people, do you have a storefront or? We, uh, so we right now we're out at the Brewers Union, which is a really cool concept. It's like a cooperative um, so three brewers share this one space and we okay. kind of rotate um, who's on the equipment at any given time. Um, the address for that is like 520 North Meridian. Okay. So we're out there a little bit west of town on Meridian, mm-hmm. um, north of 40. Um, if anybody's familiar at all with like Mustang, if you've ever yeah. been to Mustang Brewing, yep. it was formerly Mustang Brewing Spot. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. And so we're there right now. Um, they're while they're doing construction on our what I call quote unquote forever home. Uh-huh. Um, and so we'll have our own storefront here pretty soon. I think last time we got an update from the uh construction company, they were gonna hand it over to us in like mm. June, wow. which puts us open in like September, October timeframe. Awesome. Yeah. So in that location is I there's no explicit address yet because it's yeah, like yeah. three buildings together. Right. Um, and so we'll have to kind of forge our own address there. Um, but it's at 8th and Broadway in Automobile Alley where Hideaway Man. Pizza is. Yeah. If you go like half a block west in between Robinson and Broadway yeah. on, on 8th, that's yeah. where we're going to be. Oh, so, man. Yeah. We're in a good spot. The, uh, that new car. The, yeah. The little car that's going to be driving yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. See, so we're going to be like right across. We're going to be right in between two stops of it. 
because it goes up Broadway and then yeah. goes back down Robinson. So that's fantastic. Yeah, man. no, we're we're in a really good spot. Um, I know Billy still rising up quite a bit. Seems yeah, like there's new stuff going in there all the time. Absolutely. Um, and those those streetcars are going to be huge for you because mm. the idea on those is going to be to bring the people from the hotels down in Bricktown mm. out up into the city, and yeah. then also bring the the people like me that are don't go to Bricktown as much because they don't want to pay for parking. Right. They can now ride the streetcar down there. Yeah. And so it gets people into Bricktown and yep. people into Automobile Holly. So it should be good for everybody in the oh, area. Oh, dude, it's a win-win situation, yep. man. Yep. Wow. So your brewery is going to open up just in time for college football Saturday. This man. is true. This is true. <laughs> yeah. You're probably stoked about that. We are. Yeah. Obviously, guys, I went to college and you know, I mentioned we're – the whole reason we got into it is we we watch college football yeah. um, on Saturdays and brew some beer. Um, we're super stoked about that. Yeah. Um, we'll we're gonna have to go TV shopping yeah. over the summer, so yeah. we have to find a TV. Um, but we will definitely have some football games on uh, whenever it comes time. And then we're we're trying to work on we occasionally do um, um, tailgating yeah. at OU and stuff like that. And so we've done some some tailgating parties down there. So yeah, hope to keep that keep that rolling. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. My uh, last question for you is, how do you want to be remembered? I. That's a good question. I think I would just be happy being remembered as somebody who brought joy to a lot of people. Yeah. That made people happy mm-hmm. and, and focused on. Um, creating like a happy place to be around. Yeah. A lot of the incentive with like creating this brewery is like I really want to create like a culture there where I can hire. I want to have employees that like really enjoy being at work. Yeah. Um. And so like I can touch ever I can touch a lot of lives like in my friendship with everybody. Like I'm yeah. already touching those lives. But like if I can kind of create an organization where that can spread yep. and create like jobs where people just really have fun and, and just love their jobs. Like that would make me super happy. Yeah. The fact that people, cause people in generally they're going to have pretty good lives and, and be happy. I want to make sure that I'm providing a spot where like they can go to work and mm-hmm. feel, feel that same joy and accomplishment. So I love it, man. Yeah. I love the whole idea. You started, Pretty much, like, what's that song? From the bottom, now we're here. Or something yeah, like that? I say that a lot, no, like <laughs> painfully a lot, to where the guys just roll their eyes now whenever I say that. But it's so true. And you have these unique friendships that you said about thirty years on average plus, yeah. and you guys been through hardships where you thought it was going to fail, and not just one person, but there's probably multiple guys in their own way thought, man, this isn't going to work. Oh yeah, still do. Oh, still do. Yeah. We still have those days <laughs> where it's just like. Oh my God! Yeah. Can this go wrong? Right. So I right. think we'll have those. I think we will fight those until we get open. Yeah. And then once we're open, we'll probably still have those days where we're like we're down to the dumps. But yeah, yeah. Well, if it's a good product and uh, good people, I I think you're gonna get a lot of support. Yeah, we hope so. Yeah, for sure. What's uh your recommended beer or two that you guys have? Man, so I am a really um, seasonal drinker. So okay. like I drink according to like what's out there. I think partly just because like I'll get tired of a beer after a little bit and want to mm. move on to something else. We're coming into um we're coming into summer mm. or spring and summer. And so like I'm probably gonna switch to our four oh one K cream ale. Um it, it's just a light, easy drinking ale. Mm. Um it's kinda like a blonde ale. Yeah. Um and it's it's great for this weather. Yeah. Um, you can just, you know, drink a couple of them and feel pretty good and 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 sip on them and 
You're just loving life. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, Vanessa House Beer Company. Yep. Name four flavors so that way when I go out there and buy some, I know okay. exactly yeah. what I'm looking at. I don't remember what we have, to be honest with you. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm probably <laughs> um, so, like, well, I guess I can edit that out. Yeah, we'll have to we'll <laughs> take that. No, okay. So the four beers we've got right that we're about to have, because uh, one of them is not released yet, but it'll be out in April. Yeah. Um, the 401k Cream Ale, so that's that light, easy drinking uh, beer. Um, we came out with our broken tile double IPA. It's like a new England style double IPA. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's got a little bit of hazy character to it and mm-hmm. not quite as bitter as some of the West coast IPAs yeah. uh, that a lot of people have. Uh, and then we just released the garage fire okay. pale ale. So it's new England as well. But instead of being like, if it, it goes in order of like alcoholic uh, content, for, it goes pale ale is the lowest. IPA is above that and the double IPA is above that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got the double IPA. We were like, oh, let's get the pale ale for people that want to like take it to the lake or something. Right? Yeah. Because um, you're not going to be drinking an eight and a half percent beer at the lake. <laughs> or if you are, it's going to be a short trip to the lake. Yeah. They're going to have to take you inside <laughs> real quick. Um, but so we got the garage fire pale ale for that purpose. Um, and then we're about to release um, our um, 1109 blackberry berliner vice i talked about it briefly earlier yeah um, so it's like a slightly tart beer uh-huh. um, and then it's obviously gonna have some blackberries in it um to kind of give it like a little bit of a fruity character wow man yeah it's fantastic yeah. do you, you uh kind of pick up at 7-eleven or can't go 7-eleven yet that's okay. one of the law changes okay. um they'll start to be able to sell like um higher point beer in october november uh-huh. um but yeah you can you can buy it at like local liquor stores um there's a ton of them that carry us if if you have a favorite liquor store i always say go to your favorite liquor store and just ask them uh, if they have it and if not they'll likely order you a case because it's a little risk for them That's to awesome. order a case and it's the best marketing we can buy because then people are like actively asking for our beer yeah. instead of us going in and saying hey you should sell it they're like hearing directly from their customers so if i go into the local store here more and say hey uh I want some Vanessa House yeah. beer. Yep. They can look it up in their system and be like, okay, which one do you want? Yeah, let me order that. I'm and doing that tonight, a, by yeah, the way. Yeah, do it. It's great. It's great marketing for us. You got yeah. it, man. Yeah. I'm going to do it. All right. Well, man, thank you so much for taking your time to come down here and record this podcast. Yeah, thanks for man. having me. It's a, it's really awesome. It's For me, it's a, it's a privilege, and Good. I appreciate you, man. Good, man. All right. Well. I guess that's it. Anything for else for us? I don't think I got anything for no. you, man. Just appreciate you having me out here. Oh yeah. Oh, one more thing. Uh, no questions, please. Uh, no, no more questions. <laughs> However, if people want to get in touch with Zach Smith or Vanessa house, yeah, how they do it. Um, best way is probably to email me. Yep. Uh, email is Zach Z a C at, and this is where it gets really long. Vanessa house, beer co.com. Spell out Vanessa House Beer v- Co. Oh, don't make me spell that. <laughs> don't not make me spell that. You uh, can man. get my number from Wong if you need to. Yep, and I would definitely put it on the show notes. There we go. All right, man. Have a good day. I truly hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have a defining moment or moments you would like to share, please reach out to me. I would love to visit with you about it and share it with the world on a podcast. Here's how to find me. Visit my website, www dot defining moments pod.com follow me on twitter at def moments pod that's at def moments pod search me on facebook defining moments podcast follow me on instagram 
at Defining Moments Podcast. That's all one word, at Defining Moments Podcast. Subscribe to Defining Moments Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed listening to this show, I would be extremely honored if you gave us a review. This helps boost this podcast so more people can find it. Go out and be a positive influence today, every day. Make someone smile. My name is Wong Lam, and I approve this podcast.